speakers. So uh, can we just give a, a warm welcome to Kim as he comes up? Kim has been preaching at Lincoln Baptist for about 17 or so years, but um, about 18 months ago, I think, uh, he, he resigned from there and has come into the um, leadership role for us in Canterbury as uh, a Baptist movement. And so, Kim, it's brilliant to have you here today. I'll hand you the mic. Bless you, John. Let me ask you a question. What's on your mind right now? I imagine it's different for each of us. If I had a headset for every one of us and I put it on all of your heads, and if this headset could read our minds, imagine it. And if it could somehow draw out our thoughts and put them on the screen behind us. Oh my goodness. What would come up? Maybe thoughts like, well, there's fun with fudge at Boys High this afternoon. Looking forward to that. Or maybe discipleship thoughts. Lord, what's one thing that I can take home today that will bring me closer to you? Or maybe practical thoughts. Hmm, I wonder how long Kim's going to be speaking for. I kind of hope 19 minutes, but we'll see how we go. Maybe historical thoughts. That's right. It was on this day, 250 years ago, that young Nick sighted land from the HMS Endeavour. Or maybe angry or sad thoughts thinking about what happened then and how it has changed us now. So, what's on your mind? Hold that thought in your mind, turn to the person next to you and tell them what they are thinking. <laughs> Where you go. Yeah, it's, uh, who found that really easy to do? It's kind of hard, right? We can't do it so well, can we? Because our thoughts are exactly that. They are our thoughts, and thank goodness. They are private until we decide to share them. Now, I've got a few thoughts in my mind. I'd like to say one of my thoughts is, Thank you so much for letting me speak uh, with you today. And another thought in my mind is, uh, it would have been nice if Christine, uh, my wife, could have been here today, but she's preaching at a uh, women's service in the women's prison. And another thought in my mind is how grateful Christine and I are for our connection with you as a church. You probably don't know it, but you've actually been very influential and Christine's in my life. I think of John being on Assembly Council and how we get to talk over things together, which is incredibly helpful to me. And uh, John is also on my RML team, and Christine and I go where we can every year to the uh, Hanma Prayer Retreat that so many of you are part of, and it's just a beautiful thing. 
to hear from God in that place. As well as that, you may have seen Bart and Tori, who are good mates with uh, their oldest son, and Mike, that I go fishing with. Exciting times. Looking forward to the mighty Kahawai coming back. Uh, you've been a blessing to me, a blessing to Christine and I. I'd like to say thank you. That thought is uh, strong on my mind. An ethics lecturer at Toronto University said these words, the one thing that humans have always had is the sanctity and freedom of mind. In other words, as I've said before, our thoughts remain just that, our thoughts. They are, by nature, private. Hmm. But then he went on to say, this is the first time, referring to a new technology, that freedom could be infringed upon. Well, there's a spooky thought. He was referring to the electroencephalography or EEG machine. Now, this machine, uh, hands of those who know about this machine, it's kind of interesting. It has a hundred-year-old history. It started off pretty rough. I bet you a few people got electrocuted. But it's getting better now. Better at picking up what's on our mind. And it works like this. Electrodes, as you can see there, are put on our head and they pick up our brain activity, if it's there, in the form of electrical signals. And they record them on a live screen in the form of wavy lines or in colours that show what's going on. Now, I can buy and you can buy a cheapy uh, EG machine for about 25 bucks, I checked, on eBay. But then you can spend over 25000 to get one that's much, much more accurate. And the EEG machine has been used from all sorts of things, from transport to gaming to medical research. For instance, America, Europe, Japan and China regard the EEG signal as the gold standard for vigilance detection with the very fast trains that they're making these days. They're the bullet trains that go over 200k. I think the Shanghai uh, Margiev goes 200, what is it, 453k. I actually think of designing some, trying to, that go 600 kilometres an hour. Interesting times we live in. But there's a problem. Because when the train driver, because everything's going, <laughs> and he's just sort of sitting there like this in his day job, when he gets a bit drowsy at 453 kilometres an hour, it's not safe. And so underneath his train driver's cap, literally, inside that, there's the EEG machine, picks up, oh my goodness, train driver's going asleep, sends a signal through to his chair he's sitting in, and then wakes him up, then he's back on the game again. That's good. A company called NeuroSky sells a number of EEG headsets, and you can go online right now and look like that fella, and play games like Invaders Reloaded, 28 Spoons Later, or Blink Shot. And what you can do is you don't need any of that uh, Xbox gaming thumb thingy. 
It's all done in your head. You think, I want to shoot that over there. You think it, the impulse is in your mind, that thing goes, and then bang. Interesting times, don't you think? Also used in medicine for robotic limbs, we have the thought, I want to move my arm. The signal tells the arm what to do. Mm. But the ethics around all of this are outstanding if we begin to think of it for a minute. What about privacy? What about purpose? What about power surrounding this new emerging technology? We're pushing, pushing, pushing at reading our minds. So far, we can tell if a person is drowsy or awake. We can see if a person is interested in buying this because of the ad in front of us or not interested because of whole chunks of our mind changing colour, if you like, or the wee wigglies getting bigger. But we can't yet get right inside our brains and, for instance, uh, know the next uh, 45 words that I'm going to speak that are on this page that are already in my mind. We're not there yet. And that's where it gets really interesting with the verses from the Bible that I'm about to read now. Because in these verses, we're about to hear about the mind of God, understood by the Spirit of God. This Spirit of God that searches even the deep things of God and then goes about giving the Spirit of followers of Jesus, Spirit-taught words, a language to understand the mind of God, the Spirit speaks with our spirit in a way that we can understand so that our minds can have literally the mind of Christ. That's phenomenal. Something that we have not yet on our own got anywhere near. Let's listen to these beautiful words of Scripture. They come in the context of a church that was a complete shambles. Really nice being here, John, this morning. Hear all this great stuff of faith and love and justice and reconciliation, the stuff of God being spoke about. The church at Corinth had division where God wanted unity. It had sexual dodginess, where God wanted integrity. It had people stuffing themselves with food and interested in the worship service for themselves rather than putting others first. It had, no, I don't think Jesus rose from the dead, where the resurrected Christ was looking on and going, oh my goodness. And Paul speaks into all of this fragmentation saying, come on church. Pull yourself into the mind of Christ, the one God who longs for his church to be living in unity. Okay, so here we go. 
For some of you, you might like to look at the screen. For others, I invite you, you're allowed to, uh, just close your eyes and soak in the words of Scripture from uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 9 through to 16. However, as it is written, what no eye has seen and no ear has heard and what no human mind has conceived, the things that God has prepared for those who love him, these are the things God has revealed to us by his Spirit. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them. In the same way, no one, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. What we have received is not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, so that we may understand what God has freely given us. This is what we speak, not in words taught us by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit, explaining spiritual realities with Spirit-taught words. A person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness, cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the Spirit. The person with the Spirit makes judgments about all things. But such a person is not subjected to merely human judgments. For who knows the mind of the Lord? so as to instruct him. But we have the mind of Christ. Whew, there we go. What just happened there in those verses? Verse 9. We cannot figure out by ourselves the things that God has prepared for us who love him. Verses 10 and 11. The Spirit of God who searches everything even the deep things of God, lets us know the things that God has prepared for us. Lord, I pray over all of us now that you would speak to us by your Spirit. Speak to us in Spirit-taught words. Verses 12 to 14. The Spirit of God is opposite to the spirit of the world. The spirit of God searches out spiritual reality 
from the very mind of Christ, understands it, and speaks to our spirit in spirit-taught words. The Holy Spirit says, here is the mind of Christ for you. Here is spiritual reality. And here it is given to you in freedom, given to you in love. Here is what God has prepared for you, and it is good. The spirit of the world operates on a different process. Human wisdom cannot accept things from the spirit of God, cannot even understand them, and so dismisses any of the work of the Holy Spirit. Says it's foolish. I'm hoping today that there might just be someone amongst us who's thinking, I'm actually a bit sick of living my life not accepting the things that God has done. I'm sick of living my life not understanding what it means that Jesus died for my sins and was buried and rose again and that I can have a life of some sort of new life, of a resurrection life. I'm sick of considering what God has done is foolish. I'm sick of looking at friends of mine who are followers of Jesus and being disturbed that they have something that I don't have. I'm sick of looking at their life and seeing the good things that apparently God has prepared for them. Sick of looking at those things that happen in their life that doesn't happen in mine. I'm sick of living like that and I want it to change. If you get a kind of a sense of a spiritual itch inside of you now, love to talk with you about that at the end of the service. And maybe, it's happened to me when I was 18, maybe you're in that place where you say, I'd actually like somebody to pray for me so that I can begin that journey of accepting and understanding God. If that's you, please come and see me afterwards or see one of your friends or John or Sandra. And for those of the rest of us who are followers of Jesus, how do we make it easy for the Holy Spirit to be speaking to us in spirit-taught words all of the day. I'll tell you what I do. Some of the stuff I do. As I wake up in the morning around 6 or 6.30, lying in bed, and I begin by, it's a little game I play, Lord, I am grateful for. And I think of 10 things that I'm grateful for on the particular day that I wake up. And it kind of recalibrates my mind for the day from whatever I've been dreaming about or whatever happened the day before. 
Lord, speak to me in spirit-taught words. And then, after that, Christine and I go for a walk. We go walking up in the little river up to Bachelors Road. We turn around, we yak about anything that's on our mind, and then we walk back and we pray. Lord, speak to us in spirit-taught words. And then I open the Bible. Well, my laptop, actually. I used to be old-school hard copy. Anyway. Uh, And I'm reading, and I'm saying, Lord, just speak to me in spirit-taught words. And when I'm in the car, I've got this latest thing, an audio book, Courage for Life, and it's the Bible read by uh, women, so that that app can go to women in prison. And you don't end up with a guy saying, in the beginning, like city sounds like Darth Vader and he's a bloke. It's kind of a bit nicer. Lord, speak to me in spirit-taught words. And when I'm out doing my hobby stuff, like last week I was out there hunting, having fun, and I'm with guys often that are not church folks, and so the conversation's like this. It's going all over the joint, and I'm just saying, Lord, speak to me in spirit-taught words so that what I'm thinking about, what they're thinking about, and what ends up coming out of my mouth is just full of salt and light. It's important. And when I'm off to work, and I'm sitting with a bunch of people, and there's usually a, a John, a long history that's occurred up into the moment that we're sitting in the room, three, four, five, six people. And I'm sitting around, and I can see the, the depth of feeling with the history. And I'm looking for that place as Paul was in 1 Corinthians here of bringing that sense of unity under the mind of Christ. And I'm saying, Lord, speak to us in spirit-taught words. And I'm listening, listening for the Holy Spirit speaking. It's like tumblers on a lock. Click, 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 click. Suddenly, there's a moment when we're all saying the same thing. Got it. Right. And then, then we make a decision. And I go, yes, that was a good meeting. I think of examples like Greymouth Baptist, where at the beginning they were uh, down in their luck financially and they had no pastor. That click moment occurred. Now Lachlan Bull is their pastor and they're getting over 90k a year uh, through leasing out the front building of the church. Um, that involved Paul from Oxford Baptist, Dan from Christian Savings, Rod from Opawa Baptist, Johnny and the team from Kerry College, and Lachlan and Laura from Whangarei. People listening for the spirit-taught words, listening for the mind of Christ. I think of Tamuka. They are down to nine members. Oh my goodness, Kim, can you please help? I get this email that comes through. Rob from Ashburton, Mark from Glen Edie Baptist, Nick from Covenant Grace Baptist, Ian from Timaru Baptist, sitting with me and the elders from the church. What are we going to do? Click, 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 around the room. Got it. The three churches around, joining in with prayer evenings, joining in with the preaching, joining in, finding the mind of Christ. Spirit-taught words, beautiful. I think of Breezes Road, same thing. Tired, but faithful leadership. I get a phone call, Kim, we're gone in six months unless we get some help. 
Doug and Evelyn from Lindwood Baptist, David from Parklands Baptist, Brad from Oxford Terrace Baptist, Winston from the National Resource Centre, all leaning, leaning, listening. Lord, speak to us in our minds, our spirit with your Holy Spirit, understanding the mind of Christ. Click, spirit-taught words. And now a new leadership team formed, hope for the future. And on it goes. I love that working together under God's spirit. I would like to encourage all of you when you leave this auditorium today, when you find yourself alone in bed, when you find yourself in your hobbies, when you find yourself together, might be in a home group, sitting next to your partner, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, maybe in a home group, at work, wherever. Listen, listen to the Spirit-taught words that the Holy Spirit gives you from the mind of Christ. You'll be amazed. The click, click, click of people together hearing the voice of God. I know many of you are already familiar with this. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, the vision statement of St. Albans Baptist goes something like this. That we are a community of believers, passionate about seeing your kingdom released on earth. How is that going to happen? How is your kingdom going to come? Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. How will it be that your will of I will build my church? How will it happen? How will your gospel through us, that good news, reach out into this community? Lord Jesus, speak to us in spirit-taught words. I pray for your blessing over our lives today and over this church. <laughs> that our spirit would be close to your spirit and that we would know a remarkable miracle of your grace, that our minds would be filled with the mind of Christ. To your glory, in Jesus' name, amen. Bless you.